Yesterday, about two dozen people gathered outside of an office building in downtown Brooklyn. What do we want? What do we want it? Some wore red T-shirts with images of fists coming out of a cardboard box and three letters, A-L-U, Amazon Labor Union. The union was there to bring more than 2,000 employee signatures to the National Labor Relations Board, a key step to bringing a union vote at four Amazon facilities on Staten Island. Chris Smalls, the union's president, said they were sending a message to the company. They didn't think that we would get here. And now, look, you know, we put them in a position today by serving them that they have to respond to us. So, you know, now it's, it's game on. We know that the fight starts today. Smalls and his union face an uphill battle. Every previous attempt to unionize Amazon in the U.S. has failed. But Smalls says they've learned from the past, and they think this time will be different. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, October 26th. Coming up on the show, an interview with the man who's trying to unionize Amazon. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Chris Smalls is 33 years old. He lives in New Jersey, and he's been working in warehouses for years. He joined Amazon in 2015 when the company was opening a warehouse near him. Why did you think Amazon might be a good place to work? Well, the name itself, one of the most successful retailers in modern-day history. And um, my former employer didn't do well by its employees. And um, I couldn't put up with it anymore. So I looked at Amazon and I said, hey, this is a fresh start, technology-driven, innovative warehouse. And uh, when I first started working there, I, I was, you know, amazed. Chris was hired as a picker. He would pick items off the shelves and send them off to the packing department. So I had to pick 250 or more customer items from these robots an hour for 10 hours a day. And did you like the job? I did. I'm a very uh, hands-on worker. That was always my thing ever since I started becoming uh, an adult. (laughs) I always worked at uh, sort of like warehouses where I had my hands on. So uh, for me, it uh, it was actually pretty easy. Eventually, Chris transferred to a warehouse in Connecticut. He had a dispute with management there and got fired. But he appealed the decision and got his job back. By early last year, he was working at a different warehouse on Staten Island. And when COVID hit, Chris got concerned about working conditions. Late February, it was pretty airy. 
Um, nobody knew anything about this virus at the time. We're just watching it on TVs in the break room. And, you know, every day they were just talking about this virus, virus, virus. And at the time, we're all sitting in a cafeteria full of 300, 400 people. And I'm looking around, and I'm, I, I said, hey, something's not right. Then, one day at work, Chris saw one of his coworkers was sick. She was physically sick. She had her own personal mask on. Her eyes were just bloodshot. And she was walking around sluggish that day. So I told her, you know, as a friend, I said, you should go home until you feel better. And she happened to tell me that she actually went to get tested. And at that time, New York was the epicenter, and you couldn't get a test unless you were severely sick. So that's when I said, wow, that's a red flag because you're allowed to come back to work waiting on pending results. And that's when I said, something's really wrong here. Amazon placed Chris on a 14-day quarantine because he'd had contact with a coworker with COVID. Around that time, Chris started taking action. He reached out to media and politicians to raise the alarm that COVID could be spreading at the warehouse. And he says he went to HR, but that that didn't yield much. Then, on March 30th, Chris organized a walkout. It was a nice sunny day, spring-like day. And um, we've been organizing all weekend. And I started a group chat with the workers that I was organizing in the break room with. And they were passing out the signs in the bathrooms. We kind of had like a secret Mission Impossible thing going on. We wrote secret notes to each other. We talked on social media and private messages. And everybody knew that at 12.30 to walk out of the building at lunchtime. Workers in an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island, New York, are going on strike this hour after an employee there tested positive for the coronavirus. Liz and how did it feel for you? Honestly, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I was not an activist or organizer. I sent out emails to all the media that I can think of. And when they showed up, I was definitely heart pounding, nervous because I'd never done anything like this before. And I knew that it was going to be some type of repercussions, but I didn't know what it would be. The day of the walkout, Chris was fired. And what was the reason that was given? Ironically, they said that I was the one violating social distancing uh, and I violated a quarantine policy that nobody ever seen or nobody heard of. And, um, you know, I had to be the sacrificial lamb and I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, if it happened again, I would do it again. I wouldn't change anything. Did you try to appeal your termination? No. At that time, you know, when they called me over the phone, it was somebody that I knew personally for four years. I didn't even allow them to offer me the appeal. You know, I hung up the phone and they did the same day I protested, you know, so that just didn't make any sense. An Amazon spokeswoman said Chris was fired for putting the health and safety of his colleagues at risk and for violating his quarantine. The company said Chris had received multiple warnings. Three days later, Vice News published a story based on leaked notes from a meeting at Amazon. Executives had gathered to discuss the company's COVID response, and Chris came up. Amazon's general counsel, David Zapolsky, wrote that Chris is, quote, not smart or articulate, and proposed a PR strategy to make Chris the face of the entire union movement. In response, Zapolsky told Vice News that he'd let his emotions get the better of him. The icing on the cake was, you know, the smear campaign. 
ironically, to make me the face of the whole unionizing efforts. And ironically, them saying that, you know, they'll be in a better PR position to smear Chris Smalls, to make him the face of this whole thing and the whole unionizing efforts against Amazon, then rather answer questions about health and safety concerns about their workers, which is, it's like, what the hell is that? So um, from that moment forward, I said, I'm going to take the fight to them. So Chris got going. He began protesting against Amazon around the country. And then earlier this year, he went down to Alabama. Amazon workers there were campaigning to unionize. And there was a big vote to join the retail, wholesale, and department store union. It would have been Amazon's first union. And Chris wanted to see how the campaign was going. I actually drove down there, me and some of the the Amazon workers that I organized with, we drove 16 hours down there to see how what they were doing on the ground and see how they were doing it. And we saw a lot of uh, good things, and we also saw a lot of missed opportunities. And I told the organizers, hey, hey, we need to do a rally, worker-led rally, not political, because you saw them bring Bernie Sanders, all these politicians down, Corey Bush, Jamal Bowen, so on and so forth, thinking that that will resonate with workers. These workers don't know who those people are. Um, I spoke to several of them when I was down there in Alabama. Have you heard about what happened in New York, the walkout? No. Well, my name is Chris Smalls, and I'm the one who led this walkout. I'm an Amazon worker. I'm here to stand in solidarity. I drove down here. And that conversation was powerful. That resonated more than a politician, and they didn't get that. Amazon also made its case, lobbying employees to vote no on the union. Ultimately, most workers sided with Amazon, with 71% voting against the union. The results of that vote are under dispute. But from his trip to Alabama, Chris saw potential. The iron was hot and um, they lost, and we felt that uh, we can pick up where they left off. We can try here. And that's what we did. We just said, you know what, we're going to try. What's, what's there to lose? This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Voice API, you get comprehensive call analytics, virtual assistance, automated speech recognition, and text-to-speech benefits across multiple languages. Developers can add smart voice functionalities into your app, giving your customers an easier way to reach you. And you can start collecting real-time data to drive more meaningful engagement to move your business forward. Learn more at Vonage.com. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. In April... Chris kicked off his effort to create a union at a bus stop across the street from one of Amazon's Staten Island warehouses. It looks just like that uh, blue tent, uh, two tables, and some information on a pamphlet. 
that's how we started. First things first, we have to educate people. We started handing out pamphlets and articles. We didn't really start signing people up until a couple of days in. Why do you think there should be a union? Job security. That's just the number one thing. Decent living wages, more paid time options, better medical leave options. They took away being a shareholder. They took away our monthly bonuses. I know at least two of my organizers are living out of their cars. These things are real stories that people don't hear. Last week, an Amazon spokeswoman said the company doesn't believe unions are the best answer for employees. She said that the company empowers employees to find ways to improve their jobs, and the company can make those changes quickly. And that that would be harder to do with a union in the middle. She also said the company has made progress in recent years in pay and safety. And, quote, there are plenty of things that we can keep doing better, and that's our focus, to keep getting better every day. Chris's unionizing efforts in Staten Island have had a similar start to the attempt in Alabama. He's been gathering signatures of Amazon employees who want to join the union. When he has signed up 30% of the eligible employees, the NLRB would authorize a vote. But one thing Chris did differently from the Alabama attempt, he decided not to join up with an existing union. Instead, he created his own. I've seen what established unions done in the past, and I see how they organize. It's very traditional, but we're in a new time. We have to play like Amazon. We have to fight fire with fire. We have to use all our resources, and it doesn't have to be money and power. It's really people power and showing them that when people come together, great things can happen. And I think that uh, the way we're organizing, the fact that we are actual Amazon workers, whether you're current or former, I think we are at an advantage. Amazon has said that it provides benefits, that it provides good pay, and that it prefers to negotiate directly with workers. How do you respond to that? Their statements, it falls on deaf ears. Yes, they pay well compared to their competitors, and they always mention that. Compared to our competitors, compared to our competitors, compared to Walmart, compared to this. When you're talking about Amazon and its competitors, uh, yes, Amazon is the cream of the crop. And I can tell you, I work for every one of Amazon's competitors. I worked at FedEx. I worked at Target. I worked at Walmart. I worked at uh, Home Depot. I worked at all these different places. But that is it. It's just better than those jobs. Doesn't mean that it's a, a good job just means that it's better than its competitors. It feels like you had a contentious career at Amazon. You know, that you were terminated once, you had to appeal. It could look like you have a grudge against the company. How do you respond to that? Um, absolutely not. You know, um, the reason why I'm able to organize, the reason why people reach out to me, because they see the passion in what I'm doing. And if I have a grudge against them, uh, so be it. And I, I know if I stop what I'm doing, who else is going to do it? So there was a lot of momentum, a lot of talk about that organizing effort in Alabama, and it failed. Amazon historically has been very against unionization. Why do you even have faith 
to try this. Because it's never been done before, you know, um, to create an independent worker-led union, grassroots, from scratch, and to see it grow within six months in front of my eyes, signing up over 2,000 workers. That's a victory by itself. You know, these workers are organizing themselves now. Yeah, I'm out there as a volunteer. I'm out there as the now elected president. We didn't know what we were doing. We just started with a small blue tent, and now we have a whole army. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you for having me. On Monday, Chris and his fellow union organizers officially delivered the employee signatures to the NLRB. An Amazon spokeswoman said the company is skeptical that there will be enough legitimate signatures to qualify for a vote. That's all for today, Tuesday, October 26th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in today's episode from Sebastian Herrera and Annie Minoff. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.